think. Pull up that list of questions. All right. Welcome to Rise to Liberty podcast. Our guest today is founder and CEO of Little Liberty, a black and LGBT owned business located in Boston, Massachusetts. Little Liberty promotes uh, economic and financial literacy in primarily communities of color. Additionally, he is a libertarian helping to spread the message of liberty. He is a talented spoken word poet and generally a great person. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Jeremy Thompson. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, (laughs) I appreciate for the powerful introduction, (laughs) um, as always. (laughs) But yeah, um, I'm Jeremy, uh, founder of Little Liberty, founding member. Um, It's been a wild ride. Can't wait to talk more about it. Hell yeah. So when when did you guys form, actually? So the business is actually formed as an entity earlier this year. Um, but it has been operating in a trial period in sort of an, in the idea phase um, yeah. ever since 2019, uh, late 2019 to be precise, so October. Um, and Jesus, that was back when it was really just a baby, baby seed, well, baby, yeah. like just idea. And it was like nothing <laughs> to it. Um, and later in 2020, that's when I started getting really serious. But okay, how do we trial exactly certain methods that might work specifically like when it comes down to people's resumes? Um, and obviously, like credit repair and credit giving people credit advice. Um, that, to say the least, has definitely been expansive. Like, yeah. At least the knowledge has, has been expansive um, and doing those trials and figuring out what works for to help develop these financial literacy courses. Um, I remember, like, I, I just learned so much about how to meet people where they're at um, inside of like financial spaces, um, specifically when it comes down to teaching and um, helping people like see their own worth as well. Oh yeah. So what were the conditions like in your community that really led to you wanting to form this business? Yeah. So um, this, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot there, but yeah. um, I do want to bring up a few stats uh, just because those speak more than I could. Um, the median net worth as of 2015 <clears throat> for a black for your black family, as your black family in Boston, um, was eight dollars. And this is 2015. Um, in that same year, it was reported that Dominicans had a median net worth of zero dollars. <laughs> it was also reported that uh, white count their white counterparts, white families. Um, in Boston, were reported to have a median net worth of $247,500. Um, so we're seeing it's a, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both an income problem, um, and it's a bit of a knowledge problem. Because in my community, what contributes to that is folks get into debt before they're even of age. A lot of people, because of economic conditions, um, have their names put on light bills, say when they're 14 years old, 15, even eight years old sometimes because their parents can't pay. Um, so they put these things in their name and if, because they couldn't pay, already, already pay off their debt, their child starts accumulating debt under these accounts, under their names. Um, and, and it kind of creates this recurring cycle 
um, of, of debt in the same way that like you can build generational wealth, you can also build generational debt. Um, and a lot of folks don't know how to get rid of that debt, don't even know that they have the debt. Um, and, and it's really what contributes overall to, to a lot of the stats we're seeing, as well as like their inability. To, there's also just, to be quite honest, an inability to pay certain debt. Um, and I'm pretty sure I wish there were stats for the COVID lockdown and how that's affected um, the median net worth stat. But I know for a fact, like with more businesses closing down is definitely impacted um, the black community more than anything. Um, I say this all the time on the same streets that we have Black Lives Matter painted on our black and brown businesses are shut down on the sidewalks. Yeah. Well, and that, so that, yeah. that, that speaks volumes right there, in my opinion. Like you got Black Lives Matter on the street and then a black owned business closes its doors. It's like, really? Come on, keep the business open. Maybe don't paint the, the sidewalk. It, like if it's a choice between the two, that is. But man, that's that's wild. <clears throat> excuse me um have you faced any government or corporate roadblocks trying to slow you down or like prevent you from doing any of this um so it's been a lot of research and just uh, figuring out exactly like what am i like if there's anything i do that requires additional regulation um exactly how to navigate that and exact and and how can i avoid that until like we're big enough to actually meet those um so of course, like I'm not, because I'm not series 65 licensed um, through FINRA, I cannot give specific, for instance, investment advice. Like I can't talk, because I stay away from language that says, hey, go buy, hey, you should be doing, hey, this, that, and third, as long as it's educational in general. Um, there's really, I'm not really upheld to any regulations. And this is also yeah. a good thing because it, it reduces like my liability cost. So I only have to pay for, for instance, general business insurance versus professional. Um, whereas if I were to have that FNR license, I would need to have that professional license, well, that professional um, insurance just to protect that license. Um, and that also includes continuing education. I also can't do tax stuff um, because obviously I'm not a CPA. I'm a certified public accountant for those that don't know. Um, and that that takes a lot, but I'm definitely working on getting into those spaces as well. Um, as far as government, like specifically like what has impacted me, I will say honestly, just the LLC filing fee. Um, that's really about it. <laughs> Surprising. I mean, I'm not really sure exactly how the uh, government is over there in Boston, but over here in my neck of the woods in Utah, man, if you try to do anything for the community, they either want their fingers in it or they don't want you to do it. So they, they really put up a big fight. Like when all of us over here were trying to fight for medical marijuana and it was, it was just a nightmare the whole time. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's incredible though. Uh, incredible that you're doing this my tax liability oh, i'm sorry to yeah. <laughs> oh no worries um i was just saying it's incredible that you were doing this in the first place you know a lot of people won't do anything so that's why i wanted to highlight you and have you on today <clears throat> so oh, i appreciate it what other services do you currently offer or um do you plan to offer in the future yeah, so currently right now we are offering speak well to so we, it's like 
a two-pronged business, so two service lines, well, two main service lines. You have institutional services um, and then our personal services. Um, the personal services is, includes a suite of career consulting, basically school career coaching, um, and helping people figure out exactly like how can they, who do they need to network with within their career to build up like they're in the corporate life exactly do we tailor like their experiences to help them land a uh for instance a, a trade job um or it could look like okay you are someone who wants to go into the sciences but you don't have your curriculum vitae set up um you know or, or your cv um and so how can we help you with that uh so that's really just about helping people like get the income that they need <clears throat> yeah um, and then we also have our financial planning um which is pretty much self-explanatory helping people budget um allocate making sure that folks are allocating correctly and, correct, and tracking their spending how they need to um making sure that their their debt to income ratios are staying consistent <laughs> um as well as like figuring out their goals so that we can better get them there um and then we have credit council which is essentially us teaching you about and directly affect and then directly going in um and helping fix up your credit report um, to be honest, the government has been the largest help when it comes down to credit advocacy, only because of the, uh, the at least federally, because of the FCRA. Like it helps outline basically your powers, rights, And so we kind of yeah. use that. Um, as far as the institutional services, again, the financial literacy courses, we partner with like larger organizations um, who really can spare the money um, and, and basically just add that service on top um, of whatever they do. Um, and essentially, like, it's like a focus group, about 10 to 15 people, they come in and they learn basically about just a, a wide range of financial topics. Um, and then they kind of go back into their community, teach people about it. And we track that social impact. Um, and so we'll hit up, like, we'll call everybody that they, they've reached out to, that they've reported that they've reached out to just to confirm. Um, and then we'll ask them, like, a series of questions just to make sure that they actually understand the concepts that the person told them about. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, we have our speaking services, which is really um, just we charge, for instance, if we're speaking at an event. Um, and if it's like a per person registration kind of event, we charge per person. If not, then we're going to charge basically according to crowd size, um, which does very much vary depending on what people are expecting. Um, we're also considering getting into the DEI space for larger, for larger financial institutions, such as like banks um, and, and investment banks to see like what they can do in the community to help develop programming um, and better like position themselves away from the whole predatory, um, the predatory banking, uh, what is that, <laughs> niche, to put it lightly. Well, it's always good to niche down though, you know, then you, <clears throat> you always end up being able to find the people that you were exactly looking for, at least through my experience. Every time I've been too broad on any uh, project I've ever done, it's, I mean, it's still worked, but it's never uh, worked exactly as I had wanted it to. I ran a, um, a charity program for a firefighter and his, <clears throat> his wife, they had a premature uh, born baby and he did a lot for our community. So we tried to raise him and his wife some money. And uh, outside of a couple of uh, other issues, you know, it was just a little too broad of a, uh, of a goal at the time. 
And I, we were still able to raise some money, get some good things done, but it, we weren't able to reach our goal at the time. And that was just one of the things we reflected back on. Uh, so niching down, you know, niche down as far as you can and then build back up if you got to go back from there. But so if anyone needs your services or would like to get involved, like to donate, like to spread the word around, how, how's the best way to do that? Yeah, so we, we also we have a PayPal. Um, I, let me make sure I have this. I want to make sure I get it right. Um, so I'm not making sure anything. I'm messing up anything. We do have a PayPal. Um, you're getting started on like a Kickstarter as well, and that is something that we are thinking about. Um, but honestly, folks want to really just get involved. We always just like, can always contact us at contact at littleliberty.org, um, and you can really just figure out how to spread the message from there. Um, help sharing our posts is awesome like we're all over Facebook we're on Facebook Instagram LinkedIn um, you know the trifecta uh, <laughs> and Twitter um, but we're not as active on Twitter we're hoping to change that um, but yeah, it's, you can message us on any platform we're 24 we're available 24 7 um, always 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 encourage people just to come and ask questions see what we know um, yeah Honestly, the, the getting involved can be as simple as just going to our website as at littleliberty.org. Perfect. Uh, you guys are doing some great work. Like I said, that's why I wanted to highlight you guys. It's just absolutely incredible. So let's change gears here and uh, let's talk about you a little bit. So what was your biggest red pill moment or was it a uh, collection of little moments? Uh, can you define red pill for me? Red pill. Okay. Well, let's see. A better way to phrase this. What made you decide to go libertarian? Oh, you mean gold pill. Okay. Gold pill. <laughs> red and black pill. I had to make sure. I had to make sure. Um, but so gold pill for me was, I come from the left. Um, that, that's just plain and simple. So I started off when I was like 10 years old as like a Black Lives Matter organizer um, through this little community organization called Hawthorne. Um, and from there, that was around kind of when the whole Trayvon Martin situation happened. Um, and then I think, yeah, I just got into my activism through there. Then I became like an LGBT advocate back in like 2014. And then that lasted all the way up until like 2019. Um, I'm, I'm still I'm still an LGBT advocate. I just don't specifically do work in the space out here anymore. Um, a lot happened with that. Uh, but in 2016, I found Ben Shapiro, who I vehemently disagree with now, um, <laughs> which was weird. Like I thought back then he was making good points, and then I realized sort of the fallacies and issues with those points. Um, but essentially, he was my introduction to the concept of a libertarian, um, and so. From him, you know, I moved on to Jordan JBH. I mean, I'm sorry, Jordan JVP, um, Jordan B. Peterson, uh, and also found a student org called Students for Liberty um, in back in like 2018. Um, and they had this conference out at Harvard um, that I believe Rachel Rollins went to a dude from the ADCLU and Nick Gillespie was at. Um, all awesome people. And I, I just loved their message um, during that conference. And, I, and it just like really there. So essentially the message was all about like supporting sex workers 
um, ending the drug war. Uh, and, and then obviously like, cause this woman was running for DA at the time. Um, she was specifically in a position of power to hold, to have, and she was telling us to hold her accountable to that. And I just like, that's very inspiring. Um, cause she also did win um, for district attorney. Um, but moving onward, uh, I got involved sort of in the LP uh, back in 20, actually last year. So 2020, yeah, in the middle of the pandemic. Like I always thought the LP was like, not for me, not too serious. Um, but then I got involved and I'm like, actually there's there's an infrastructure here that we can actually build um, and go off of. Um, so for me, being yellow-pilled is this idea of limited government that I feel like serves everyone, right? Because when it comes down to police killing people, libertarians deserve to be at the forefront of that conversation. Well, how do we limit this? How do you limit this power? Um, no matter who's in it, you know, um, especially when we talk about the presidency um, with, you know, constant presidents constantly bring us into a state of emergencies. Um, and honestly, that the, the message of limiting power um, really stuck with me. That is probably like one of the more important tenets of libertarianism that I stick with. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess that was my my gold bill. It was, it was a series of gold bills. Ben Shapiro, that's interesting. That's funny, though. I mean, <laughs> considering where you ended up, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I like him, I guess. I, I don't really follow him or listen to him. Kind of annoying, you know, but eh, he's done well for himself. So, you know, I guess you can do that when you build a career off of arguing with college students. <laughs> but, right. you know, yeah, big issue. I don't know with, uh, mm, I don't know. I just lost my train of thought. Never mind. So <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome though. I actually haven't been involved with the, uh, LP until this year as well. Um, I wasn't just like you, I wasn't really interested. I didn't think it was really for me. It wasn't some, structure I wanted to be involved with. I just wanted to be, you know, the lone libertarian that was going to save the world through shit posting. <laughs> but, you know, everything started changing and I was like, all right, this is the time to join. So just got involved. And so, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't say I've ever, um, I can't say I've ever been like a shit poster. <laughs> uh, I've, I've definitely like, Having gone down that path, uh, I don't know what the future holds, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's just fun. I kind of, uh, you know, started internet life as a bit of a troll. Well, not really. I wouldn't really troll just for shits and gigs. I would troll with a purpose. And uh, it actually worked out in my favor quite a few times. So the shit posting, you know, I was just graduated, you know. But let's see. So, in your opinion, why should any younger generation care about liberty at all? It seems like an obvious question, but every time I think, I, I don't know, I just can't come up with a great answer. So, I think the greatest answer, at least for me, is constantly we see like a system that grows itself um, and manipulates its populace, and it gets worse each year. Um, so the younger generation should care about liberty because 
there's nothing the flame of liberty will die out with the rate at what we're going um it's really only it's not even really just a matter of time it is dying um we live in exactly we live in a country where cops can shoot people and get off we live in a country where like average citizens are not upheld to the same standards that the people that we elect are um we live in a country that consistently oppresses not just minorities but everyone and we get too wrapped up um in any silly arguments to actually focus on the main issues right um so younger generations period should care about liberty because if you don't what we're going to start seeing honestly is a structure that i don't think is going to benefit really anyone um i think they're, they're going to liberty in our lifetimes honestly this is before the younger generations it's when this for us um liberty in our lifetimes is important in achieving because if you care about your kids future if you want to make sure that your kids like become successful people and productive members of society whatever may have you they need to have a structure that is backing them and that's just that's a societal structure so i, I don't know what we're going to see in the upcoming years but i definitely know like personal choice freedom especially in healthcare, um is very 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 important um, and for those of these young ones fighting right now, please don't lose the fight. Don't give up. There's so much, so much, so much, so much to be done. So many places to get involved. All right. From fighting against pit bull bands in your community all the way to shutting down a complete section of a city because cops just killed an, yet another person. Um, you know, get involved where you can. Uh, and, and really just keep up that fight, keep up the strength and define for yourself what liberty looks like to you. Because um, I think we get too wrapped up in like, what does liberty look like? Who's a libertarian and who's not? <laughs> as long as you're fighting for what liberty looks like to you, right? On those important causes, you're doing something right. You have a right to your first amendment you have, and you better fucking use it. Stand up for something or fall for everything, yeah. Well said, well said. That's, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I've never been a fan of being told what to do. <clears throat> and, you know, anyone that knew me in school definitely knows that. <laughs> but <clears throat> I, I think uh, a, an aversion to, <clears throat> excuse me, an aversion to uh, imposed authority was like one of my biggest well, I, I would say I started red pill was never really a Republican, but then obviously black and gold all the way. But one of my biggest wake, wake up moments was just realizing I didn't have to do something that somebody told me. And I'm not, I can't exactly quite pinpoint what, when I was younger, what made me realize the fact that it you have two decisions or uh two directions to go down and that that's liberty or slavery and there's very degrees along the way but there's never there's that's how both directions end up going you're either free or you're a slave granted they're both extremes on each side but that's it so that's that's really all there is. And if you're not fighting for liberty, then you're being pushed towards slavery. So that's, that's awesome. That's 
It's absolutely incredible. You gave such a great answer. So let's see. Here's something a little unrelated. <laughs> I, I totally had to uh, see what your answer was to this because I, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be great. So what's the most, most creative excuse to get out of doing something you didn't want to do? <laughs> oh man all right so this one's hard because i never really give ex- uh, excuses for not doing stuff like granted i keep my plate a little too full at times <laughs> um <laughs> so usually what i'll do is like i'll I, i'm just very direct um but some of the most like some of the more wild things i've ever heard was oh man i can't I can't come see you because um, I think I broke my rib in a car accident. Yeah, the whole car flipped over. Nothing on the news. Nothing <laughs> about the highway being shut down. Blase blah. It's all it's all nonsense. And so he's like, "Man, can we link up again? I want my resume done. This side third. Uh, to help a boy out." And then he's like, "He's like, yeah, I'm in the hospital right now. Two days later. What you doing?" I'm like, "What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, <laughs> like, like." <laughs> I don't know how you came up with all this, like this elaborate story. Like you could have literally just said you didn't want to come through, yeah. right? Or like that, you know, something else. Like yeah, something just be honest. Up. I don't, I don't need a story. You know, this isn't story time. <laughs> right. Like I don't like, listen, it's your money. I'm not, yeah. I'm not really, I don't really care about like why you didn't come through. Um, yeah. But it was very, very weird. And then there was also one guy um, who tried to kind of scam me in a way. Um, he told me that like my dad had told him that I would do his resume for like $2 an hour or something like that. And I was mm. like, I don't know where you heard that, but here's a link to my website. Um, <laughs> and he was like, damn dude, $30 an hour. He's like, who got that? I'm like, bro, that's like one hour max. I know yeah. you have a phone. Um, <laughs> and then he just starts going like, oh, I'll hit you later. I'll do it. I got to figure something out. Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, it still hasn't ever hit me up. I'm not even mad about it. It's just yeah. very, it was very, very weird. Like, <laughs> like I can confirm what you just said with somebody else. Cause if you're saying somebody else said something yeah. and they're close to me, like I have easy access to this person. Like, I don't know. Those are some of the more like creative ones I've definitely heard. Um, but I guess like the second one really wasn't an excuse not to do something. It was just like a weird made up story. Yeah. <laughs> Man, people are so weird when it comes to that. And I think a lot of it comes from uh, they're, they're worried what other people think about them, you know? And so they have to make up these crazy excuses because they don't want to look like they're at fault. You know, they don't want to look like a piece of shit. <laughs> and it's like, no, right. it's okay. You were, you were late. You forgot to wake up a few minutes earlier. So just admit it. But all right. I think it has to do with like perceived um, power and validation, mm. right? In the same way that some people like, get scared if like their state senator comes by you know or like feel like like there's power in the room it's kind of like that same thing where people like perceive there to be power and so they feel like they have to act or switch up you know um which i can understand to a degree if someone has power over your life but it's not it's not making sense like i also don't and even in even in getting to the discussion about like work culture like i don't want anybody who works with me or within this company um, to ever feel like they need an excuse, right? Like I'd rather you just flat out say, yo, um, I'm depressed. I, I can't come through to work today. 
like because then I can I can maneuver around that when we're playing the excuse game I have to figure out okay are you coming back to the office when are you coming back to the office does that if I can just be like okay let me know if you need any help uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. but to me honesty is like fostering that environment where people are comfortable being honest with you though especially as an employer is something that I am striving to do um I think I'm doing it well but currently it's really just two folks in this um and he's really not an employee he's like he's uh, another member of the llc so that's definitely something um it, it took me a long time to learn uh really just be honest with uh your boss you know um i've i've probably could have saved myself getting uh let go of a couple of jobs you know, over the years, if I would have just been flat out honest, I mean, it was, I, I felt like it was a little bit too personal that I shouldn't tell my boss something like that, which I might still feel that way, but it doesn't help you to not. So as long as you just tell them like, Hey, this is what's going on. You know, what, what, what can we do? So yeah, I definitely could have saved my ass a couple of times when I was younger, you know, so. But it definitely does depend on the boss, too. Well, cause it does. I, I hate the word boss. I, I, I really prefer leader because boss, like boss leader. are really just slave masters, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> and it's like, if, you know, some people are just like that when they're in that kind of mindset and that position of power, it kind of corrupts like their humanity in a way. Um, they don't want you to see them as human anymore. They don't want to act human around you. I mean, these are a lot of people, especially when you talk about like more like high, like high level corporate jobs um, or even in franchises where they know they could, uh, you know, just replace you. You know, it, it really does depend on the kind of boss you, what kind of industry you're in, what kind of boss you have. But in, in general, it is good to be, you know, honest because at the end of the day, like these are still people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at least my philosophy is as an employer is if you're on my team, I want to see you win in anything you do. So if you're on my team, I want you, if you're here for a reason, if you're here for a resume builder, all right, well, I'll give you all the tasks you need. I'll give you extra stuff that's outside of your job description. If you're really serious about wanting to build up your career, um, you know, and I'll assist anyone in, in that, in, in that, however possible, especially giving people connections, like hell yeah, you know? I do that for friends anyway. Like I do that for people who are adjacent in business, you know, Yeah, you kind of got to take care of you people. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just what you do. Take care of the people that take care of you. I mean, networking, it's one of my favorite things to do. Like okay. I, I get so excited to be able to do that. That's where, that's where I shine, which I I'm so excited for Reno. It's not even funny. <laughs> That's gonna be. A I'm excited blast. for you know for a plethora of reasons. Yes, yes, yes. That that's networking is just one. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I think we're gonna wrap this up, but I definitely want to get you on again. Get you, get an update on things and everything. Touch base. Touch on some uh, some different subjects. So we'll have to have you back on in a in a little bit. So anything you want to plug? Anything you want to let everyone know that you're doing? um yeah just hit up littleliberty.org um and shoot us a message if you want to find out anything more if you want to see uh, exactly where we're at where we're positioned 
Um, on top of that, um, you can also find more of my work just all over. Um, I'm actually trying to break more into political consulting. So if you have friends who you know are running races, um, if you know there are people around you who may or may not need some help um, with their campaigns, uh, I'm always available for hire. Um, I, I currently am helping out multiple campaigns throughout the U.S., um, not gonna name names as an NDA is to be expected, but um, it's 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 looking pretty good. It's looking like a pretty like I'm about to break into this industry like like uh, soon. Hell yeah, good for you, good for you. You're gonna do great. So definitely know that. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, make sure and send me a couple of things, and I'll make sure and throw it in the show description and everything so definitely and i appreciate right. you man yeah no problem thanks for coming hey arizonans does your car sound like this <laughs> then you need a visit from greasy porcupines what is that greasy porcupines is redefining mobile auto repair services by combining a passion for modern mechanics, mutual aid, and agorism. I'm broke as shit. Things are tough, and the fine people at Greasy Porcupine understand that. They offer a pay-what-you-can policy for those who need it most. They also accept donations for a parts fund to help those who can't pay. No matter your monetary situation, the solution to your vehicle problem is Greasy Porcupines. Open 24 hours, Monday through Saturday. Just call 602-845-0105 or visit greasyporcupines.org.